greetings and salutations. Mickey here. Excited to hear from me again? I bet you are. (laughs) Anyways, welcome to Flash Fantasy Podcast. I hope you enjoy our episodes, and if you're not caught up, give us a listen. And if you are caught up, give us a listen yet again. Okay, without further ado, here's The Riftwalkers. The party, conscripted into the crew of one Captain Kelneas Metza, a Mazkin from Egadon, has struck a deal with her to retrieve Vale's Shard of Imin, which has been hidden somewhere in this realm. As the party approaches land, Captain Kelneas takes on a serious expression as she looks over to her quartermaster, and Efron and Val also on the deck with her, and she says, We're awfully ahead of schedule. That is not supposed to be there. And Quartermaster Takes starts yelling and barking orders for the ship to slow down a bit. Uh, where is it supposed to be, if not there? Why don't you go below deck? Find your friend. You as well, she gestures to Efron. We can speak in a moment when we've made landfall. For now, leave us. Uh, yeah, okay. Val would like to leave the Archbishop above decks. Just kind of, like, send her up. Efron is going to go uh, notify Mick. And so with, you know, cat-like agility and speed, he goes up the, the ladder real quick and relays to Mick that something's up and he better get back down. Mick, upon hearing this, says, oh, right. And then speedily, not as speedily, goes down and meets with the others. Did Tekka see Efron go that fast? No, he doesn't care. You just want to impress him? Yeah, man. (laughs) Does that take his line on him? Gets him every time? (laughs) Lyrian, what have you been doing in this short amount of time? He's been looking at any of the charts that were out and pretty much anything that he was allowed to. I don't know if that guy stayed with him in the room or what happened, but he was just looking at everything that he could find that he was allowed to look at. He actually didn't. The kin that brought you in just left you behind okay so yeah he was just looking at stuff and after he making some notes he wouldn't be like digging around in the captain's desk or anything but like i'm assuming there's a spot where there's a bunch of different information i'm thinking kind of like scrolls stacked on the top of each other it doesn't have to be that but you know you just you open up see what it is there is a good shelf of scrolls that you're able to kind of pick your way through and as you're unfurling one the rest of your party, minus Reese, opens up the door and comes inside. Um, Val will immediately sit down on the floor and say, um, I'm going to keep an eye on things upstairs, so uh, just tap me if you need me. And then go blind and deaf and look through the Archbishop's eyes. We don't have to resolve this now, but that is what Val's doing. Okay, perfect. 
after they came in, Leering, he glances up for a second as he's looking at one of these scrolls, and he's like, Yes, is there something going on? From what I can tell, we are approaching land much sooner than is expected. I do not know why. However, it is highly irregular, I would assume. Um, again, I have not been on many boats. I mainly travel across land. Oh, very well. I mean, according to these charts, I didn't expect us to be there so soon, but, you know, maybe I got lost in thought. I believe somebody should go and get Reese. let him know of this development. I can do that. And Mick walks out of the captain's quarters and starts to go below deck. Okay. So as Mick walks down below deck, he sees quite the commotion. He sees three larger kin, all in kind of worker garb, surrounding a table, or sitting at the table, is Reese, who is also shirtless, and a very large kin. And they are engaged in quite the arm wrestle match. As soon as I knew he was shirtless, he either had to be carrying something, try to show off, you know, be a bamf, or arm wrestling. I'm not even going to lie. Two conclusions you draw. I know it doesn't make sense, but I thought he was breakdancing. Like, go, go, go. (laughs) (laughs) I wish he was. So we have never seen Reese without his armor on before. Correct. Are you still wearing your mask? So I'm, I'm wearing my mask, but... Basically, yeah, everything from like my pants up is off. I might, maybe I have like one of those like bandolier type things strung across my chest, as often shirtless pirates do. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) Reese is really embracing the role. Yes, he is. To Mick's surprise, it's actually quite a menagerie of scars and different tattoos. A lot of them are of different colors, kind of fading of different shades of blues and grays. And out of some of them, you notice that light is seeping through, much similar to the light that comes through of his mask. But yeah, Reese is locked in uh, armed combat (laughs) um, with this guy. Har, har. I see what you did there. Okay, I uh, Mick goes up to Reese and goes, Reese, Reese, what are we doing here? One moment, and I'm assuming the other kin are cheering, whether for his name or the other kin's name, and do I have to do like some sort of strength contest with this guy to see if I win? You know what? Yes, thank you. Roll a d20. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have my number. What'd you get? 23. All right, I got a 18, so you win. As Mick walks up, Reese is, you know, kind of struggling a bit, and then he just slams the guy's wrist down to the table. Cheers erupt, and the guy across the table is looking a little a little worse for wear, more emotionally and egotistically than else. But Reese stands up, kind of a grin on his face, which you can't even see, and he just says, yes, Mick, what is it? Oh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, congratulations. Buck up, kid. I look to the other guy who lost. And then I say, Reese, uh, it seems to be uh, some issues. Oh, already. All right, very well. Let me get my stuff back on and I'll meet you upstairs. And Reese kind of goes in a little back room and starts putting his stuff on and then he comes back out and can follow makeup. Great. <laughs> All right. Um, as you go up and convene once more in the captain's cabin... Is the Archbishop Laurel close enough to Captain Kilnius and Tegas that you could hear them? 
Um, I did send her off to kind of to like scout ahead, but I would have also then sent her an instruction to circle back around because I don't really care what's going on with the island. <laughs> I don't think the island is going to tell me. So yeah, she would have come like back around and been near the captain. All right. So as you come back to take us and the captain, take us has taken the helm. And the captain has a long spyglass that she's looking through. And then she clacks it together. And she looks at Takus and says, Say hello. Carrick, if I can tell. And he turns to her and says, Shall I give the order? She says, Aye. To battle. And then, at that point, he relinquishes the helm to her. And she starts spinning the ship and he just starts barking orders to everyone and yelling, and a bell is being rung, and everyone below deck, as Reese and Mick are starting to go to climb back up above, you are kind of knocked aside and back and forth as Ken go to and fro, manning cannons and stations and whatnot, and grabbing ammunition and swords and going above deck. And are you going to sort of stay down here, or are you going to attempt to make it back to the captain's cabin? Reese is under the impression the captain's cabin is important, so he's going to keep on pushing. Uh, I guess, how many of you have been on the open ocean before? Zero? Okay. Everyone roll a dexterity (laughs) saving throw as the ship turns incredibly sharply. (laughs) Dex saves are so bad. Yeah, it's a 10. (laughs) Okay. Mine is 20, not natural. 28. I rolled a 15. Mick got 18. So, as Reese and Mick are able to keep their footing and make their way above deck again, Efron, you see Val start to kind of tip over, and you hurry up and catch him before he falls on his side, but you feel the whole ship just turning rather sharply and suddenly, and you hear the bell, you hear the crew members, you hear take us, and you hear it even louder as the doors fly open, and Reese and Mick barge into the captain's quarters. Val just kind of like blinks back to himself. Is that calling people to battle stations? Reese, having just burst through the room, replies, Battle stations? What for? We, we're approaching land. That is all I know. She mentioned a name of something and seemed uh, rather excited about it. What name? Uh, they said uh, Kerik. <sighs> means nothing to me, but I guess we'll find out. Are we going above deck then? If it is a naval battle, I do not see much point in myself going above deck. I'm quite useless if I cannot fight hand-to-hand. So if it comes to boarding, I'm more than willing to go. But manning a cannon or a a bow or a pistol, I would not be of much help. I agree with Ifran. We should perhaps lay low until there's reason for us to go above deck. I can continue to keep an eye? Uh, Yes, perhaps that would be good. All right. I will go back into the Archbishop Vision. As you engage Bishop Vision, you see Takes run down from the poop deck and onto the main deck and up to the captain's cabin where he then flings the doors open and yells <laughs> something inside at your companions that you can't hear. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it. I'm in there. I oh, can hear oh, it wait. with my own ears. Wait, wait. Val. I thought Val can only... I can choose. Oh, so you're only looking. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so you and you see him fling the doors open and yell into where you are in the captain's cabin. 
And he says, Build suckers, all hand hoy. And he has a couple <laughs> rifles in his hand. Oh, yes. <laughs> Reese immediately goes and grabs one. <laughs> um, Efron also, uh, he reaches his hand out if it's being offered. But, uh, you know, it is obviously a little large for him. Well, then Leering goes up to him after putting down his paper finally. Maybe it's best if I take that. Uh, perhaps. And Leering grabs the rifle. And then he looks at all of you and he says, Now, all of you, so. So? <laughs> so what? <laughs> <laughs> um, Val will return to his own vision and be like, okay, Well, let's go. Get up. Let's go. Okay, yeah, then we all uh, head out the doors. Uh, back on the main deck, you hear Captain Kilnius yell down and say, Get that Alvaret up here! <laughs> okay, I go very fast. Um, Reese is going to accompany him. Okay, that's fine. And um, Takes has another... He, he grabs two more rifles off a little stock that's by the base of the stairs, and he hands one out to Ifron and another one to Mick. Nice. We take them. Yeah, everybody's getting rifles today. <laughs> <laughs> and then he runs back up to where the captain is to be alongside her. Captain Kilnias turns to Val and she says, So, you know magic, I heard. I do, yeah. What kind? Anything useful? Uh, depends on what you had in mind. Well, there's a carrack and a cog, maybe even a smaller gunboat coming up on us. I need you to assist us, if you can. Uh, my, my range is a little bit limited, but um, how close can we get? Well, we're bringing a spring upon her and getting a broadside, so hopefully they'll come in a little closer to avoid that. Since Reese came up with them, Reese kind of nudges Val. Remember what you did with that bat. It doesn't have to be real, it just has to distract them. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Good idea. Uh, I'll try that first. <laughs> Val will cast Major Image and summon uh, a bat. <laughs> <laughs> the exact same bat. <laughs> How big can it be? Oh, 20 foot cube. It is a 20 foot oh bat. Oh my gosh. That's a big wow. bat. That's good. Where is that bat appearing? Um, <laughs> we're going to... We're going to have it appear on the opposite side of our ship and then come up over the top and then swoop towards our enemy ships so that it's like we released it and it didn't just come out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) So as these three ships are approaching, one is of a middling size, the other is a bit smaller, and then the last one seems to be a six to ten man vessel with just, but it's still packed with guns and explosives. And... The large one and the smaller one, the sloop, are pulling along, heading straight for you, and the small little gunboat starts to circle around the side. And orders start flying, cannons start going off, guns start shooting, and chaos erupts as the ocean is just lit up by explosions and smoke, and the deck is just covered in bits of wood as these chase cannons from the Carrick and the Sloop, their projectiles impact and splinter bits and pieces across and you see Kin falling to their feet in bits and puddles of blood 
as this gunboat starts to circle around the front of you, letting loose barrage after barrage. How close is the gunboat? It is within 800 feet. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's very far away then. We're going to roll initiative, because this requires a turn order. (laughs) Efron rolled a 14. 23. Reese rolled a 4. 15 for Val. And Mick rolled a 18. Okay, so it will go a player, Kilnaeus' ship, the rest of the players, and the enemy ships. What's the range of the guns that we have? Pretty far, but... The accuracy diminishes incredibly sharply. I would imagine that it's not effective at 800 feet, so... Did we also get ammunition with the rifles? Nope, he just handed you the rifles. And the matches, they are unlit, too, so you would have to light them to begin with. Mick's gonna go uh, below deck and to where the cannons are is going to help out the crew and see if we could get into position in order to fire one of those cannons. Mick talks to uh, the crew, some of the crew members, and say, Are we in position? Cannons have already started firing. Oh, jokes? Okay, never mind. (laughs) You can still go below deck and help. Do you leave your gun? Um, I'm pretty sure. Does everybody have a gun? Everybody got one, but... No, I Oh, Val doesn't. Val, do you want... No, but I have plenty of ranged things, so... I'm going to bring my gun. Yes, Mick is going to bring his gun. So as you go below deck, you are able to assist the crew in the loading of cannons and firing thereof. So I will count that toward Captain Kilnaeus's role. Like, this is chaotic. Things are happening without your knowledge. There are orders being given. There are people being shot. There are cannonballs impacting this ship. It is absolute chaos that has just erupted out of nowhere. And it's all right to be confused as a character. (laughs) Well, Mick, upon seeing this, is very confused. (laughs) Mick is kind of (laughs) swarming around, going from different... Uh, cannons, other ones, not really sure where he should help, but kind of doing what you can uh, with what he sees needs to be done. So Captain Kilnius gives an order, and the cannons that are facing... Oh, that's a very good roll. That are facing the sloop and the carrack fire. All three decks worth of cannons almost not simultaneously, but pretty close to each other, let off an enormous barrage. And the front of the Carrack is just shredded to pieces. And you see the foremast actually crack and fall down and splash into the ocean below. And the ship that you are on begins to then bank to the left and come around to the side of the Carrack. A few shots are let off at the gunboat, but none of them connect. Players, I will say, where the gunboat currently is in relation to your ship, the bat is visible. Yeah. (laughs) The bat is doing its thing. The crew's terrified. (laughs) I'm assuming that Lyrian and Efron are still next to the gun racks at this point. Just outside the captain's cabin? Yeah. Yep. 
I mean, you haven't moved. Lyrian wants to look over there and see if there's any ammunition. There is, yes. Lyrian picks some up, and then he looks to Fran. He says, do you know how to use one of these? Stories say that you light the match and it goes... <laughs> the stories say... <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, I believe you pointed at whatever you want to kill. Yes, that, that is the gist of it. I mean, I, I know how these things work in theory. I've never used one myself, but take some of these and he gives some ammo to Efron and then go makes his way to a spot in which he would be useful if they got closer to the other ships. Okay. Are you going to prepare an action? Larian will prepare himself for combat if somebody comes within range that he deems that he would actually be able to do something, he will take his shot. Alright, you've got that action stored. Who's next? Efron's just going to take a little bit of ammo, and are there any pistols by this gun rack? There are not, no. Dang it. Okay. Just these larger matchlock rifles. No, that's fine. Efron will just take some ammo and run over to a position nearby Lyrian, and then he'll also ready an action so that when somebody comes in range, he will shoot. Okay. Breeze, Val. This is going to take me a few rounds to achieve, but I'm committed. Um, do I? Is there anything that I could grab to use as a flotation device in the immediate area? In your immediate vicinity, other than some bundles of rope, <laughs> there isn't much flotation device-ish equipment. Okay, here's my next question. Do I know how to swim? <laughs> I'll leave that up to you, Laurel. Whether you got <laughs> trained in the art of swimming. Well, let's hope that I did. In the direction of the gunboat, I am going to cast Dimension Door on myself and just appear 500 feet in the water. Okay. Um, going to tr- tread water for a round. And I would also love my, my bat to head in that direction as well to hopefully distract from the random Elveret in the water. <laughs> so, yeah, perfect. That's Val's turn. We're going to get there. It's going to take three rounds, but I'm going to do something. Reese. Reese was just standing there, and Val suddenly just disappeared. He can't see where he went, and the bat starts flying off in the distance. So, uh, <laughs> nothing else he can really do up here. So he kind of gives a little nod to the captain, and then he starts charging towards the center. How many masts does this ship have? Three? Yes. Can he get to the center mast and climb up it slightly? Yes, you may. All right, so he's only going to go up probably about... 5, 10 feet, not too high, but enough to get a bit of a height advantage. And at this point, he slings his rifle across his back. He transforms his mask into his sword, and he starts cheering the crew on, you know, just really telling them to go get them. (laughs) And they start to feel a little encouraged. There's actually light, a different kind of light, glowing from Reese. It's not the most useful spell, but it's something he hasn't used before. Um, He's going to cast Beacon of Hope, which creates a 30-foot spherical orb around him, which bestows hope and vitality. Choose any number of creatures within range. I choose all of them that are friendly. For the duration, each target has advantage on wisdom saving throws and death saving throws and regains the maximum number of hit points possible from any healing. So he has no idea what's going on, but he's going to help him out as best he can. (laughs) Do I feel hope? <laughs> you do. Hot dang, you feel hope. That's awesome. And Reese, you take zero strain from that. Wow. Just so you know. Okay. So that, that may be something of note. 
that when you cast a spell, you don't feel any different. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't quite feel it on the moment, but he might feel that as he's reflecting later on. He's just he's just pumped in the moment. <laughs> All right. The Karak opens fire with what few chase guns remain, and they just sail right past your ship. And then the sloop kind of comes about, and it delivers a broadside with its dozen cannons. And that is a pretty devastating few shots. One of them goes straight through the hull, and then someone takes a little swivel gun near the bow and lays in a bit of fire, and you just hear this explosion from below deck as something has ruptured. I need Mick to make a dexterity saving throw. Yep. It's not on your deck, it's the deck below the one you're on, but still... And then plus eight. Eleven. You are knocked off your feet by this explosion, and you hear someone from below yell, We're taking water! And then the gunboat is entirely distracted by this giant flying bat creature coming toward them and unloads (laughs) all of its ammunition at it and completely disregards Kilnius' ship. Nice. All right. right. Back to the top. I'd love to waste my turn immediately again, <laughs> if that's okay with everyone. Okay, um, Keeping my bat creature engaged with said gunboat, um, I will cast Dimension Door again to put me within 150 feet of the gunboat, but not any closer than that. You are now within 150 feet of the gunboat. <laughs> Thank you. And what does the bat creature keep doing? Um, he's just going to keep a swooping at, at the gunboat. Very nice. So, movement-wise, Kilnius's ship just streaks right along and makes incredibly good speed and distance and comes within 500 feet of the Karak. The sloop is a little ways back still, and then the gunboat has kept pace as the ship has come around. And a few cannons toward the bow and then the chase cannons on Kilnius's ship take aim at the sloop, but only a few of them connect, not doing too much damage. Players. So how far away did you say the ships were? So they are actually within effective range and both of you expend your stored actions to open fire. And it's still Kilnius's turns, but I want both of you to make uh, roll real quick, because this is a type of reaction, technically. Now, is this like a dex type thing for a ranged weapon? Or... You can add your dex, but you don't get a proficiency bonus. In that case, I rolled a 7. Aw. 24. Alright, so Seth, your shot connects actually with the hole, and you see a nice big splinter come off of it, and if Ron's shot, you don't see where it goes at all. It kicks like a horse, though. It sure does. It is the player's turns. Efron will reload the rifle. We'll try to figure out how to do that. And uh, (laughs) and we can tell that the ships are quickly getting closer together. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Then, yeah, he's going to... He's just going to reload the rifle. All right. That does take an action, so... Okay. That it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Reese still on his uh, slightly perched position, calling out, you know, words of inspiration to the crew who are flailing around him. 
Um, he's going to take a look at the mass of ships in the distance, and although he doesn't know much about naval warfare, he does know a fair bit about warfare in general, and he wants to see if he can try to surmise any sort of tactic that would be beneficial that he could relay onto the captain that she may not be seeing from her steering wheel position. <laughs> steering wheel. Why don't you roll for me, Brett, an investigation check? Okie dokie. Actually, I'll, I'll let you choose investigation or perception. They'll produce different results. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll change my investigation to perception. Oh, okay. 16. All right. From your viewpoint, you're able to surmise the sloop's movements or next action, and you can relay that to Captain Kilnius. All right. Then Reese does so with much flipping of the sword in hand and pointing actions. Great. A lot of flair. Yes. So fancy. Who is next? Lyrian in hopes to assist in some way with intimidation or attacking fallen crew members on the other ships. Lyrian starts summoning a shark. Great. And just like you and Efron are looking off the port side of the ship, Val went off the starboard side of the ship. The Karak is almost directly beside you on port side. And the sloop is at your 11 o'clock. I send the shark to whichever one looks like it has more people falling off of. <laughs> that would be the Carrick. Because <laughs> it's been hit more. And your shark starts making its way over there and swims 40 feet. <laughs> All right. Just Mick. Okay. I am going to assume that the sloop is within 500 feet. It is? Okay, cool. So I um, get, uh, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to say a full barrel. Why not? Or close to full barrel of gunpowder. And I'm going to cast Mention Door and go on to the sloop in the captain's quarters. Because I'm assuming that nobody's there. Because who would be there during this time? Am I right? <laughs> you are correct. As you stand up and you start to heave one of these barrels that's nearby, uh, that's a little larger, you cast Dimension Door and appear in the captain's quarters of the sloop. The barrel kind of falls out of your hands because you appear on top of the table and the barrel does not and it's quite heavy. And so it clatters to the ground and beside you. Okay, I make sure that nothing falls out. Well, I guess it's okay, but a little bit. And I, can I start preparing things? Nope, that is the end of your turn. You have movement if you want, but that's, you don't have any more actions. I would like to get at least a little more in the corner, if you will, or a little more um, hidden, just in case somebody does come in. Alright, you start to maneuver the barrel toward the back of the quarters. So the Carrick is falling apart, and sailors are trying to salvage it, and some of them are paying attention to Kilnaeus's ship, but not a lot, and they're just trying to board up and keep afloat what they can. The sloop, on the other hand, starts to circle around the back of the Carrick, moving a little further away from Kilnaeus' ship to maybe get the upper hand. Whereas the gunboat is still firing away at this bat creature, none the wiser. All right, back to the top. Who's going? Do you want me to do that? I don't care. Okay, I'll, I'll take Go the turn, it. and Mick is going to 
Uh, we'll do a little trail too, so I can get out there and get damn a little trail to the barrel of gunpowder, and I'm going to ignite it, and then I'm going to cast Dimension Door and get back to our ship. What are you igniting it with? I am going to use my gun to ignite that end of the gunpowder trail, and I'm going to cast Dimension Door to get back to ship. I hate to rain on your parade, but you would not have been able to bring the gun with you. Okay, let's... Okay, I'm going to look around at the captain's quarters for something to like this. Do perception. That is 20, not natural. You are able to find a crude tinderbox and that has an accompanying flint and steel. So I use that and I try to ignite the little path of gunpowder to the barrel. All right. This isn't going to require a roll, but it will require an action. It does not immediately light, and so you just keep trying until it does? Yeah, I light it, and that's my turn. So, Kilnias brings her ship right next to it, and every single cannon on that side just lays into it, and the Carrick starts going down. It is ripped to pieces. You see fire and explosions rock the whole Sailors are diving into the water, into the waiting jaws of a hunter shark, and beneath volleys of matchlock fire. That ship is going down. Playa's turns. Can Val go? Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Val's going to cast Fireball <laughs> on the gunship. Alrighty then. What level are you using? Just third. Okay. I gotta save my dimension door slots to uh, <laughs> not drown. <laughs> so the gunship has still just been firing away at this bat thing, and they really haven't caught on to the ruse yet. And as you point your finger toward the gunboat, and this explosion of flame erupts and streaks toward it, then they start to turn tail, but all too late. They critically fail that dexterity saving throw. <laughs> Oh, man. Am I rolling for damage? You are 100% rolling for damage. Okay. Also, for the record, uh, the spell ignites flammable objects that aren't being worn or carried, so I imagine (laughs) most of the ship. (laughs) 28 damage. So the fireball streaks into the ship and impacts it right at its single mast. At the base of that mast are a few kegs of powder. That powder ignites and then explodes and then ignites the powder below deck and those explode and whatever other payload was on board the gunboat explodes. And this all happens within about three seconds as the fireball impacts and then you just see these flames burst and then the ship erupts in this huge wave of water and fire and wood. and everyone on there is blown to pieces and the ship just crumbles into nothingness. And I'm going to have to make you do a constitution saving throw as you are pulled under the water. Oh, no. (laughs) Great. Cool. Love it. Oh, that was not great. One second. Let me add my constitution. Um, eight. Okay. As this shockwave comes out and this larger wave crashes down and spreads across toward you. You are briefly pulled under, but it isn't that intense from this range. 
and you are able to compose yourself and break the surface once again. A little shaken, but otherwise all right. Having just blown up the gunboat. Yeah. <laughs> Val, Val throws up in his mouth a little bit. <laughs> Val, having just killed a lot of people. That's amazing. Who's next? Reese takes a look, a look out at the battlefield. There's been a lot going on. There's been a ship blowing up. What is the layout of the battlefield right now as far as ships that are still surviving? So the gunboat has been obliterated. The Karak is going down. There are still crew members on board fighting and trying to fire cannons and guns and whatnot, but they are in a losing battle. The sloop is fully intact, and it is starting to circle around the back of the Karak. Okay. Then, seeing the explosion before him, Reese lets out a bit of a whoop, and then he goes back to calling out advantageous tactical things for the captain about the sloop's position. Okay, um, do a perception roll for me. Uh, 14? Yeah, through through all the smoke and whatnot, you're still able to see a pretty good position of where it's going and where it's heading. Okay, cool. Then he relays that information. All right. Well, Efron is just gonna, he's gonna shoot <laughs> at whatever he can see because he got that rifle reloaded. And is, if, if, is Efron, like, just giddy? If Reese were to look at him, what expression would he see on his face? Yeah. Yeah, he's giddy. I mean, like, the battle is going our way. Like, Ifran can tell that, uh, you know, this will be over pretty soon. And so he's, he's looking pretty happy. He's, he's happy that he gets to handle one of these guns and, uh, you know, give it a spin. So, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty, he's, he's pretty giddy. He's pretty happy. <laughs> okay. And, you know, he's about to hopefully blow somebody away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Roll for it. If, if Ron the monk about to blow someone away. <laughs> you know, he's, he's very at one with the universe, and the universe might about be about to be like one less, you know? Come on, so, nat 20. Ooh, <laughs> that was very close to a nat 20, but it was in, instead a, a seven. Aww. So unfortunately, your second shot does not connect with anyone, and you are unable to see where it went. Lyrian's going to reload his rifle. Okay. Do you want me to do something with the shark? You did rolls for the wolves, didn't you? Yes, I did. Then you do rolls for the shark. All right. The shark is attacking people that are overboard. Jumping off the Carrick? Yes. All right. Do all of these people have their HP? Their what? So the sharks have blood frenzy... The shark has advantage on melee attack rolls against any creature that doesn't have all its hit points. Oh yeah, all these people are injured. Go into frenzy! Okay, um... 19. That will hit! 14 damage. Alright, the shark full-on devours one of those sailors, ripping them in half as they flail about in the water. That's a good shark. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right the Karak is out of the battle its crew has scuttled the ship they've given up and they are in the water helpless the sloop makes it around the Karak and opens fire on Kilnaeus's ship dealing a good amount of damage as more explosions rock the hull and these cannon blasts rip apart the aft. 
and the gunboat is gone. So everyone there has been vaporized. <laughs> Val feels really bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A player, please. Seeing as, Mick, you are in the captain's cabin of the sloop, and you just lit a trail of gunpowder. <laughs> uh-huh. Here we go, son. Okay, I'm going to cast Dimension Door, and I am going to get out of there to our ship. All right. You reappear about a hundred feet away from Kilnaeus's ship, about 30 feet above <laughs> the water, and you fall into the water. Wait, was I supposed to give you a specific location? I think the ship moved away, and so while it was in range before, it oh, no longer is. Oh, I didn't is. see. Okay, great. Okay, <laughs> cool. So as you try to, you know, imagine where you were before and return to that place, the sloop has moved further away, and you drop into the ocean. Does Mick want to expend any movement after this? Um, sure. I can start swimming towards the ship. Okay. As Kilnius's ship turns about to try to get the sloop in its sights again. This explosion erupts from the aft of the sloop and you see wood and fire streak into the air and the sail gets lit up as it catches fire and you see the sailors on board there start to run about and try to extinguish it as best they can and salvage their ship and then Kilnaeus gives a hearty laugh, gives an order, and then the cannons go blazing and the sloop gets ripped to pieces. There are no survivors there. No food for the shark. It's just not living food. (laughs) All right. You are out of the encounter. Upon seeing the ship blow up, Reese hoists his sword into the air, lets out a mighty roar, and leads a chant of victory among those on board. And does he, out of the corner of his eye, he thinks he sees something. Ryan, did Reese see Mick appear 30 feet in the air and fall? Yes, you did just before the sloop exploded. Staring out over the horizon of ash and smoke and fire and broken ships, Reese sees a small figure appear in the air and then fall down into the water. He hurriedly rushes off the pole, goes over to the side of the ship, and looks down to see Mick floundering beside the ship. He turns around and yells back at Captain Kilnaeus, Man overboard! Okay, and then Mick in the water says, screams to the ship, I found the squirrel! 